Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday Morning Envy Pro Call. Today is August 3rd, and I'd like to welcome those of you that are here live, as well as those of you listening to this via recording, which, of course, you can do by subscribing to Motor Vitality on whatever podcast application you happen to use, or by visiting motorvitality.com, where you can listen to years and years and years' worth of archives. Um, Love having you guys on live, though. I know that there's a lot a lot of you on listening uh, on recording, and I, I definitely appreciate the feedback when, when you guys shoot me messages and let me know uh, what's going on. I appreciate that very much. But um, I love having you on live, love having you as part of the discussion. So um, please, uh, please feel free to join us Thursday mornings at 8.30 to 9 Eastern. Um, but with that, I'm going to start the call off the way I do pretty much every week, which is by asking, is there anything anybody learned this last week that you wish you had known before? Anything that happened that's worth sharing with other professionals across the country or anything we can help you with? Oh, me, me, Kelly, me. Go, go Jen, go Jen. <laughs> uh, actually, a couple of different things. Um, first one is... Uh, you know, we talked a we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about B and I and going to different B and I meetings and things like that. And um, Kayla and I today are going to try a third B and I group because we have not found the right fit yet. Um, and so, I guess as kind of a follow up to our conversation before about having you know going to different business networking groups and things like that is make sure that before you sign up that you do have the right fit. You know, not only do you feel like you'll be able to receive um, referrals from other members of the group, but how are you able to refer them also? Um, You know, I know when I was in BNI, we had a small group and like there were a few people, it was really hard. I had one that was a jeweler and another that was a flagpole guy and you know then a couple of other that just really it was hard to find somebody to refer but again I was out in the middle of nowhere and that was like the only networking group for for miles and miles and miles and miles so um so just make sure that you're you you're a right fit for the group that you're um entering into and uh Kayla do you have any feedback or or Kelly or anybody (laughs) No, I was I was just curious, Jen. So besides, yeah. so when you say right fit, um, you're and Kayla, I am kind of interested in your, um, you know, experience in kind of shopping these B and I's from somebody having just, just kind of come into the industry. You know what, what your um, experience with was that. But but when you say right fit, are you referring only to the 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 trades that other members of the group are in, you know, whether or not you would have an opportunity to refer them or, or is there more to it? Cause I, I've been to some BNIs that it just seemed like a gimme, gimme, gimme group, you know, where mm-hmm. in, in BNI, I don't want to throw BNI business networking international under the bus. That's the kind of the international and there's usually a BNI group in, in just about every, you know, at least larger community, um, sometimes multiple ones, but there are other networking groups that are out there as well. Um, so what do you, what do you, what else would not make it a good fit or or conversely what would make it a good fit? Well, I think that um for example time of day, you know, we not only have to look at time of day as far as 
um, you know, in summertime, but in the wintertime, are you going to be able to yeah. make it there at 8 o'clock in the morning? You know, in the winter, um, you know, we're in Minnesota, and it gets a couple of snowflakes here in the winter. And um, But then also, there was one of them that we went to, it was a little bit later, but there was a lot of people in a really tiny room, and it was just chaotic. Um, nobody was paying attention to the time. We ran over quite a bit, and it just um, – it just didn't seem to be very well organized. Everybody was friendly and everybody knew everybody, but it, like they didn't have an agenda. They didn't have, it was just not very well organized. And um, sometimes you need that to, to stay on track. Kayla, what was your experience, you know, coming into the industry and looking at it from this perspective, had you ever been involved in BNI before and, um, you know, and what was what was it like for you, kind of looking looking into these groups? Um, I have never been involved in any BNI sort of event, so it's all pretty new. Um, it's all interesting. I think there's a lot of good takeaways from it, but it was a little bit overwhelming, like the first thing, because I didn't exactly know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, Jen did Jen did preface it, but it's different when you're when you're in the room in there. It's like fast-paced and, you know, people are know what's going on and stuff, so that part was just a little bit overwhelming, just finding and the flow did, and all that. Did you end up finding one that you could call home? Uh, we'll see after today. We're not too sure yet. Yeah. I, I yeah. completely agree with Jen. Is, is one was a little bit chaotic, um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll do the third one today and kind of give them a comparison and go right. from there. Right, right. So um, the the other fun part is that um, some of them, if they, you meet at a restaurant, they buy you lunch. So we figured we're just going to drive around to all the different B&I <laughs> yeah. meetings that give you lunch. Yeah. Because they don't have a Costco out here to hit, you know. Yeah, so. exactly, for the free food, exactly. <laughs> for the yeah. free food. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Yeah, Michelle, are you listening, Michelle? They uh this could be another another way that um to save on groceries. So Yes, I'm taking I'm taking note of that. <laughs> right, right, right. So um, um Yeah, go ahead, Jen. I oh I, I have one more. Um I was yeah, yep. um nope. so this is Technically, week four with Kayla. We had some kind of wonky weeks there with the holidays and, and things like that. Um, so technically, week four with Kayla, and we were able to run um, six, a total of six sales appointments so far this week. We have sold four. And wow. I can say that a, a couple of those, Kayla took over on them. She's doing an amazing job. And I'm going to publicly say congratulations, Kayla, because um, you're doing amazing, uh, catching on great and to everything. And um, I couldn't be happier. Wow. Thanks, nice. Jen. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. Kayla. That's that's pretty cool. You know, I was, when Jen texts those out, third, number three, you know, and I, I put some on the text. I'm pretty excited about that. And those are always, you know, I, I love those calls. Like those are the are the good ones. But then the ones where you go out and you, you know, we get those calls from the people that when you go out and you have your first creative lead, right? So one that that you created 100% on the 
on your own without, you know, that sale would not have come in if it wasn't for, for your efforts. Those are, I love those calls because it's so rewarding, you know, to, to have those. It's, it's just, it's just super cool. So, um, but they're, they're steps, you know, you've had a big couple weeks, Kayla, and it kind of, um, Jen, did you have anything else or did anybody else have anything? No. Like, you have a couple, that's a, that's kind of a good segue into our topic for the day, which is, um, kind of talking and, and Kayla, I thought about you when, when I came up with this topic, um, you know, it's, it's kind of talking about what a salesperson is going to do, you know, what they need to do, um, or sales professional in order to prepare their installers for the job. Now, I thought about that mostly because, so you were there, you were um, here last week, Kayla, going through the install training, and actually it was interesting because when we put this together, we put the, we do offer a class at the installer training for um, sales professionals to teach them plumbing assessments and, and how to recognize pipe size and stuff like that. You actually came through with the installers, so you were here as a sales professional, but also with a group of installers, which was kind of kind of interesting. You you got a little more, but so I was thinking about that and the preparation. But then it really hit home, and the reason I decided to talk about this this week is because um, one of the things that we do when we're at the installer training is we te- have have the installers fill out a plumbing assessment form, and. I've really been focusing a lot harder on making sure that they fill that form out in a way that um, that they would want it filled out. So, um, you know, in fact, uh, today to the point when they come, because they're all they will all be here after a while. We've got a class in this week. I'm actually going to have them do plumbing assessments for each other meaning I'm not going to have them do a plumbing assessment on their own training bay. I'm going to have them, I'm going to mix it up and have them do a plumbing assessment because I want them to learn, you know, I, I saw some of the plumbing assessments they did and, and having worked with both installers and sales professionals before, I realized that there are, there's, you know, it's, it's one thing if you are doing your own plumbing assessment you can make some notes and have a pretty good idea of what you're looking at because you saw it. But if you're handing a plumbing assessment to an installer, you're a salesperson, and you're handing that plumbing assessment to an installer, is there enough information on there so that they're going to know what material to take with them, if, that they're going to know what tools they have to take with them? You know, is, is there that, you know, do they have enough there for that? That's, so that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about today is is what is the most critical information that we need to give an installer? And how do we make an installer understand, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I hear installers, Jen, I know you have too. We've heard installers complain about the, the information salespeople give them. I mean, that's a chronic complaint, yet kind of interesting when we are training installers and we have them write down the information, they're not putting down a lot of information either. You know, so so how do we, you know, what information do we need to give the installer when we're prepping them for the install, and how do we bridge that gap where where there's understanding between the salespeople and the installers to know 
um, you know, what information they need to share with each other. You know, how do we how do we make them understand that it's not as easy as just checking a box? What do you guys, What do you think? I know when Kelly? I was at the facility, at least, um, the the guys had said pictures and videos, pictures and videos, pictures and videos a lot of times. So that, I think, um, was something I picked up from them that they were thinking would be really helpful. Yeah, so Kayla, on these three sales that you did, now I know you guys have a CRM, but are you taking pictures and videos? And, and you know, because we can talk about that on the call, but when you're at the at the home, are you remembering to do it? Yes, we did. And, yes, and the, we unfortunately with the CRM that they have is you can't upload pictures into their CRM. So that what that means, which I love, is that it's a meeting between the sales professional and the installer. And that way, if the installer says, oh, gosh, I wish you would have taken a picture over here or, yeah, what is this, then we're we're able to – physically talk one-on-one -on -one with each other about about the install. And I, I really like that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that forces that communication. That's kind of nice. So, so I, it's, it's interesting. Um, I wish we had more installers on because I've had some companies where I've encouraged that, where, you know, at the, you have installs scheduled and you have a meeting, you know, I did this to a little bit of extent when, um, when I was regional manager uh, at a at a large dealership, we would have uh, you know conversation. It got to be too cumbersome, taking too much time to do it consistently. But but yeah, that we definitely made sure that there was a line of communication. But there was you know what we tried to do was have a have a meeting with the service and the um, and the salespeople to go over those installs to talk about what was missing. And we, we tried to use it as a training experience for the salespeople too. So the installers are constantly complaining about the, what the salespeople are putting down. I wanted them to be able to, to look at, you know, review, review those jobs and say, I wish you had put this down, you know, cause I don't think it's sheer laziness on the part of salespeople all the time. Sometimes it might be, but I think a lot of times it is, they don't know, you know, uh, you know, the, the installers are out there installing this all the time and it's easy to complain about not having the information, but how do you fix that? And how do you, how do you keep that from occurring in the future where, you know, next time you have the information, you know, or, um, you've got to train those salespeople. You've got to, you've got to let them know you got to, you know, cause I don't, Kayla, I, I don't know if you're, you're one of those people or not, you know, you're in sales and I don't know if you're one of those people or not. <laughs> I'm not going to write down that this plumbing is over here. That's watch this. This is going to be fun. I'm going to send, I'm going to send Mike out there and he's going to install this and he's not going to know. It's going to be so fun thinking about that. That's you, right? Is that, is that the way you are? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Uh, no, I would rather probably not do that. <laughs> right, right. So you know, I don't, and I don't think most salespeople are malicious like that. I don't think that they're um, they're trying to set, you know, to make more work for the installer. And so the solution is is you know, if you're an installer, the solution is not to just complain about it. The solution is to have the conversation with the salesperson, you know, to say, hey, 
um, nice job on that sale, but you know, could you jot this information down next time? You know, it would have been helpful to have this. Paul, you were going to add something. Hey Kelly, no, I was just going to say I think that what you're saying is is right on with having the guys that are there this week do that for the other guys and switch it up. I think that's a great idea because it. I would tell you, I think, it, it, like you're saying, it's not malicious. If I think about it, I was looking at my own job and over the years. So how do you put yourself in someone else's shoes to say, geez, what are the things that I'm, I'm just not focused on that matter when I'm trying to communicate it to someone else? Yeah. So that's I just got. I think it's a great idea what you do about switching it up. Yeah, this, I haven't done that yet, and I think I think that's going to be kind of an interesting experiment. In fact, I just thought about that as as I was thinking about, you know, the the topic of this call, and and I, it kind of makes me wish that I had started to do that at the beginning of the week, you know, to to kind of have them each do each other's plumbing assessments, or at least at least um, uh, yesterday, you know. So um, if, if nothing else, Kelly, it might give them some empathy or whatever towards. The salespeople. You know, yeah, you know, and there's so much focus. A lot of times we always seem to put the onus on the salesperson, right? It's a salesperson seems to be salesperson's responsibility to, to, to make the installers happy, you know, to, and, and I do, I happen to think that it does fall more on the salesperson's responsibility because I, I think that the, I do think that they have a bigger responsibility towards their service team, their service and install team, um, for making sure that they have the right tools and the right preparation and stuff like that. I mean, the salesperson should be the one that's earning those referrals and, and things like that. I mean, I do think that there's a greater responsibility there. On the other hand, I, um, I don't think it all should be their responsibility. I think that they also – um, you know, there's, there should certainly some of that responsibility should certainly fall on the installer's shoulders as well. And and I think that you're right, Paul, to to find a way to, you know, we're always saying salespeople should ride with installers. Salespeople should understand what the installers do. Salespeople, but and it's it's a little more difficult sometimes for the installer, the service tech, to go out and ride with the. You know, you never hear about that. You never talk about a company that has the installer go on sales calls. Um, so what are the ways that we can, you know, teach an installer to understand the challenge of, of, uh, you know, of what a salesperson does? I mean, Kayla, you're already experiencing it. Um, you know, I, I know that you're coming into this commission sales job and you're going, God, okay, yay, we, you know, we, we got sales the last couple of days. We made, you know, made three sales and yay, that's good. That's the way it's supposed to happen. But, and it's, and you get excited about that during those, those days and weeks that you're making sales and you're closing and that you're, what becomes more difficult is when you think, you know, it feels like you're doing everything right. You're doing all the same stuff, but the sales aren't coming and you, you and you know, you can go a week without closing a sale and it can feel like an eternity, and that's that's something that's really hard to explain to to an installer because that installer gets, um, you know, they they may not make you know always the great money, but they're it's consistent. It's a consistent paycheck. 
you know, and so it's hard to explain those ups and downs and the inconsistency of the, the paychecks to, um, you know, to, to somebody that is not out there relying on that on a daily basis. Would you, any thoughts on that? Anybody agree or disagree? Clearly, oh, what you're saying. Yeah, and you've talked about this before, and, and I think it's really a, a salient point. Like you said, yeah. installer sees the sales guy or the woman coming in off the golf course, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And do they understand that they may be working on a Saturday or a Friday night or whatever it yeah. takes, and they may be running a number of leads that go nowhere, or people call them back twice and still doesn't come to fruition, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> what else do we have to add on this topic? You guys have any anything else that who else um who else came in? Somebody joined us late here. Who else who else joined us late? Kelly, I I think I'd like to add that and yeah. I know we talk about this all the time, but this is perfect for, you know, those that are searching our topics and I think probably one of the also very most important things to do is make sure that your Sales professionals are riding with your service technicians on a regular basis. I'm not saying only in the beginning of the training. I think yeah. that it's important even, you know, one or two years into it that they're they're spending a day together every so often and, um, you know, kind of get familiar with each other. And honestly, I don't think it would hurt for a service technician if there's a little bit of downtime or an installer, if there's a little bit of downtime, to run a sales appointment with your um, with your sales professional. Same thing with the office. I think it's really important that um, I, I think it's really important that everybody spends time with everybody else within the company, so they understand what their struggles are every day. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to kind of refer to the office staff. I know yesterday um, there's two ladies in the office at, at the company we're working with. And um, one lady's getting ready for retirement, so she takes one day off every week. And yesterday was the day, and poor Amy, she has a boot on her leg because she did, I think she fractured her ankle or something. I don't know. Is that anti-HIPAA law? Um, anyway, so she she ended up she, she's trying to – Okay, so she's running, she's running back and forth trying to answer the phones and, and – you know, respond to people coming in the door, and it was like a nonstop, and here she's clunking along with this poor boot, you know, and um, it, it gets hard, and then you have the customers that call up, and they want to chit-chat, we had, or we had one that walked in first thing Monday morning that was there for almost 45 minutes just talking. <laughs> it's the worst yeah. thing you can do, the worst time you can do, so I think it's important anyways that Sales professionals um, sit in every area they can um, with every every person within the company um, within reason. But then also same with the installers to do that, and everybody just kind of cross reference. Yeah, well, Paul made made you know alluded to it a little bit there, and I and I have talked about it a lot, but it's worth repeating. You know that the you got two different worlds, two completely, and we're, we're kind of a little bit of a different topic. I wanted to kind of talk about preparation and phone, you know, um, pipe sizes and and you know how to prepare and how to how to kind of document that stuff. Um, but 
you know, they are two different worlds, right? The, the salesperson is running those appointments on the evenings and weekends and, and, you know, have to deal with the variable paychecks and, and they're, you know, there, there's the little old lady who, you know, doesn't want to buy anything, but just wants to explain how she came up with the names for all of her cats, you know, versus the installer who's laying on his back under a mobile home in cold mud, wrapping heat tape, you know, around you with know, spider webs and, you know, everything else around them. So, I mean, they're two different jobs and they, they, we just bridge that gap and help each other understand, you know, so kind of to wrap it up here in the last couple of minutes, what are the, um, you know, what are some of the things that a, that an installer needs to know before they go out and put the stuff in? So Kayla, you mentioned videos and pictures. What are you taking videos and pictures of? I I haven't taken any videos yet, um, but just kind of trying to do all angles of the room, close-ups of anything that I think looks um, like it could be helpful, and then still filling out, like, the plumbing assessment stuff, too, as well, so they can help. Yeah. So why why might something like videos be valuable? What might be helpful about a video as, as opposed to a picture? I mean, we can take pictures. But what what might be helpful, you know, why might it be helpful to take a video instead of a picture? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe for the installers I, of what, of, yeah, what if it's a specific video or the room or what, I guess that's a good question for them we can ask. I think, um, like, looking at distance or, you know, where it drains to, sometimes it's hard to, see from a picture, especially if the drain is, you know, off kind of far away. Like we ran into one yesterday where the drain kind of went over onto the other side of the room, and I think that's important um, as far as video. But when making, taking video, you know, we had one sales pro that would take video, and it, it was always really fast and shaky. So it yeah. didn't do any good. Make sure yeah. it's slow, steady. Um, that's That's important. Um, oh, I had one more thing that I thought was really important um, besides like pipe fitting or pipe sizes and stuff like that. Oh, um, make sure like we have one situation where, well, a couple situations. One is um, they're not going to be able to use the stairs that go through the house. They're going to have to go in through the back of the house. Yeah. And so letting them know that they're going to have to track through grass and and things like that is important and then um one of them is in a shop and we're installing in a warehouse and in that warehouse there's stuff up on the shelves right now kind of where we're going to have to and there's just like stuff and so and this happens in basements we need to let make sure that there's going to be room for them to install the equipment but also room for them to work their way in the shop and work on the equipment because um, it's a hot mess in one of them. So, <laughs> yeah. But and talking to the homeowner, talking to the homeowners is really important too. And that's something that, you know, we mentioned was you're going to make sure you have to make sure all of this stuff is cleared out. The mop buckets and everything yeah. else are cleared out so we can, we can do our stuff and not trip over stuff. 
Yeah, and that, that's important too for salespeople to prepare, right? See, to, to prepare that that homeowner for that install as much as you're preparing the um, the installer, right? So to to talk to that homeowner, it, yeah. I mean, I, we've been we talked about this a little bit in class in the class that we have is that you know don't send your your installers into a situation where they are having to walk over, um, you know dog crap and you know and and, and uh, or cat you know have to step over step over a little cat cat biscuits you know whatever you know outside of a litter box i mean i i don't think it's inappropriate to to ask the homeowner to kind of clean it up and make it a little neater and nicer now do they always do it you know we, we see that under sinks when we put our rows under there hey if you could clean out from underneath the sink that'd be great and you go out there and the installer goes out there and it's it's just chaotic as heck you know you can't see under there and it's it's i'm I'm kind of amazed that it is kind of amazing sometimes that customers let us in their houses um that's that's kind of surprising to me sometimes but um all right any final thoughts on this topic hi it's michelle i just wanted to say quickly that rarely is too much information a bad thing so it's always yep. best to Agreed. give as much information as possible. And with the videos, I wanted to just add that you can see, get a relation, uh, you know, in a whole video where things are in relation to others. What sometimes the picture doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's a, you can. And Jen's point, you know, to kind of walk through the video and say, okay, here's the here's the cabinet over here, and this <laughs> is where this pipe runs out. You know, so. To kind of narrate that video as you're going through is very helpful. Don't just take a silent video. But all right, thank you very much, you guys. I appreciate it. Um, everybody, be safe. Have a great, uh, a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week, if not before. So thanks, everybody. Take care.